on today's show. Military people have support groups that can help other military and missionaries can network with other missionaries through their organization. But for the parents, they're like this forgotten kind of quiet, invisible group that you don't know or you can't find. And there's probably not more than one often not more than one, maybe two or three in your church, if you're in a big church, but so finding each other is such a big deal. And it's important Mm. that we make those connections and being able to connect palms to other palms. palms. Stay tuned. And welcome to the missions podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Copeland, Director of Communications and Media with ABWE, joined by Scott Dunford, pastor of Redeemer Church in Fremont, California. And Scott, you and I are far away, but we have some live in-person guests here today on the show who I am excited to introduce. Now, Scott, we've talked a little bit about your background as a pastor, as a missionary. You've also got kids. Now, I'm curious, let me ask yeah. you, how would you react in, not not the spiritual Scott, the human Scott, the fleshly <laughs> Scott, how would the fleshly Scott react if one of your children told you that they were going to off and become a missionary, move, never see again, immediate blind reaction, go? It'd be tough. I mean, I'm dealing with some of that right now. They're not missionaries, but I live in California. My daughter lives in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I miss her every day. And Mm. the thought of not being able to just hop on a plane and see her quickly, uh, the thought of not being able to talk very often because of time differences. But then even more importantly, if she's in a dangerous situation, that would be difficult. You know, like as much as I, even my spiritual side, want her to do that, I'd be thrilled with her being in missions. The harsh realities of not being able to see my grandkids grow up, the harsh realities of not being able to jump in and help at a moment's notice if something goes wrong. Uh, those are, those are very real, very difficult things that a parent has to wrestle with. Mm. Well, speaking of parents wrestling with some of those issues, we're joined by our friends who are today they're with ABWE, but we'll, we'll save that for a moment. Uh, right now they're just parents and Dan and Amy, welcome to the show. We're not going to share too much about your last name, where you live, those sorts of things, because we want to be sensitive to the missionaries and the families that you serve and are connected with. But it's good to have you both on. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. So you've walked through this. You have a child on the mission field. You have grandchildren on the mission field far Our from home. Our only grandchildren. That's right. <laughs> it's not theoretical for you. It's real no. for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what was your reaction? Well, really, initially, we we felt blindsided, really, by the decision. And that as parents, we knew they wanted to go into ministry, and we knew they wanted to plant churches. And we knew they were looking at and they even took us aside and said, don't worry, you know, we're looking at the East Coast, because we don't want to be too far away from, <laughs> from Mimi and Amy. Of what country? Or Mimi, yeah. and, Mimi and Papa. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so that's what we figured. And so then when they came back and said, we've decided to be missionaries, and... It's 10,000 miles away on the other side of the world in a Muslim country and a restricted country and 12 hour time difference and and our only grandkids. Then, yeah, we never saw that part coming. I mean, we had been always, you know, active in the church and Mm -hmm. kids had taken short term missions, trips to, you know, different countries for different organizations and stuff. But but the fact that they were planning on moving overseas for good. (laughs) Pretty much. It was, uh, it was a shock. Yeah, it was a shock. We, we didn't see that part coming. We really um, kind of went through 
the stages of grief. Honestly, we started out with that whole denial. You know, we just kept thinking, this cannot be happening. This isn't the way it was supposed to happen. And I thought you were, you did this, you were following this path, you know, and, and that quickly turned to um, some anger. You know, there was some anger Mm -hmm. there, particularly with Dan. I think as a father, he wanted to protect his daughter and wanted to make sure that he was, um, you know, that she was cared for. And our only grandchild, how could they do that to us? You know, we just, um, at the time there was just the one. And they're getting rid of, as they're getting rid of stuff, as they're getting ready to move, they, they call on their ass, you know, what stuff do you want back or what do you want us to keep or give away? And it's like, (laughs) Dan was angry. Yeah. Dan said, I want it all. <laughs> the, little, the, so, the little basketball hoop and the yeah. gym and the bicycle. I want it all back. Right. <laughs> but, yep. but a few weeks later, you immediately just had a Jesus moment and you had some sort of pious realization <laughs> that it was all okay and they were serving the Lord, right? That's not the way it happened. Just for like us. a movie. Yeah. <laughs> not for us. Just <laughs> like the movie. Just like a Kendrick Brothers no, movie. Right. What happened then? We really we were just kind of felt like, you know, under the water and when a wave knocks you down. You know, you're just floundering, trying to figure make sense of everything. And so there was intense sadness. You know, we just you know, everything there the day did come. They did get the funding. They did things did come together. God did seem to to help them. But to, yeah. you know, we you just kind of think as a, as a parent, you kind of think maybe that day won't come, and it's it won't. But it did come. You don't. Not that you did. Did not not support them, but you didn't actively support them right. going because we you never knew said what, don't you knew go. What it meant. Yeah, right. right. But the day came, and so we were in the Chick Fil A parking lot um, in a local where else? local Chick Fil A parking <laughs> lot. Of course, that's where God's people go, right? <laughs> so we uh, <laughs> well, we said our goodbyes, and it was not a it was not a happy day. Um, we there were a lot of tears and a lot of um, last minute hugs and just sobbing and holding on to those sweet babies. And um, because our grandchildren, our only two grandchildren, were just at that age, barely four mm. and not even one. I mean, he was uh, still an infant. And so um, we said our goodbyes and we got in the car and we drove eight hours back home in total silence. And they were um, going short term with the intention of staying longer term. So you knew what was coming or was there still the hope that they're going to come back in six months to a year? No, we like knew that they were going to be us. gone for at least a year. Okay. And so, yeah, that was, um, that was hard. And everything around us reminded us of them. You know, every, we'd be in a store and a child would call it for Papa or for a Mimi or, you know, and that's what they called us. And, or we would see something, a dent in the wall. And I would think, you know, I'd be cleaning and see this dent. And I remember when he threw that car and made that dent, you know, just everything. And so we would try to reach out in our church. We were very active in our church and had great life group and things. And we would try to reach out to people. But it seemed that when we did that, people would try to say things that were helpful Mm. But they weren't and they really hurt. And that was really hard for us. You know, even even some of our church leaders were dismissive and saying things like she met with some of the pastor. Yeah. Yeah, And and one pastor said, well, this is what we raised him to do. Right. And clapped us on the shoulder Mm -hmm. and walked on. And after he prayed with her, he, he said, you know what you need to do? You need to work in the in the nursery and love on those other babies. And it's like that's. Not That'll just, help. That hurts. And he thought he was doing he good. Thought he, was helping. he thought he was loving you well he, by saying that. It wasn't received in that way, for sure. It didn't some, feel some that kid way in the nursery the is not your grandchild. Exactly. No. Exactly. Sure. So it's not that they, it was well meaning. All of them were, but they didn't understand. And that became yeah. really obvious is that we, we, we became desperate to find somebody who understood and could help mm. us make sense of this and help us with this. Because ultimately, what was happening was when you hear things like, 
count it all joy or your reward will be great in heaven or you must be Hmm. really proud of them. You're hearing these things. And so what it serves to do, though, is to admonish or it did for us. It served as almost to admonish us. And so we we learned to keep that to ourselves. So we learned not to really talk about it. So here we were going to church when we really should be able to open up with much of your struggles. But we've had the sense of that maybe we're not faithful enough. Are we not spiritual enough? Are we not walking in better sync with the Lord that, you know, you, you start to question yourself. And, and it was it was a tough, tough time. We had a period of months where it was um, it was really hard. You're sad and you're, you know, dealing with that, too. Did your kids know that you were struggling with this or was this just something you had to keep to yourself? Were they processing it with you or what did they know at this point? They were in a country where communication was difficult. You have technology, but that technology doesn't always work. And so there's a lot of frozen features and things, but they knew that we were struggling with it. But I think that we did things probably very wrong (laughs) because every time we tried to have a conversation and we had set visits, you know, every Friday night was our Mimi Papa call, but it was very focused on those grandchildren. Mm. And we now know, you know, looking back on it, exactly, exactly. It was not. And so we, we were just so desperate. We were so afraid these children were going to forget us or that they wouldn't Mm. remember us because they were so young Mm. that we were so desperate to try to catch them on the phone and to try to hear their little voices that, or to make sure they saw us or show them little things and stand in our head and doing all the crazy things grandparents do anyway with their grandchildren that we really kind of didn't talk to, to our kids. And, mm. and they were, so, so I, they knew that we were struggling. They knew that we were sad because it was very hard. I would say things on there like, oh my goodness, he's starting to forget, you know? And so they knew mm. that there was a lot of sadness. Yes, they mm. knew that, but we didn't really talk about it a lot. Mm. So how did God lead to support you? What happened in your life? Because obviously you're not in the same place today that you were then. What, what did God do? So that's where Amy's librarian skills that's right. took, took over. <laughs> I was a school librarian and preached research all the time. So I, not feeling that I could get support from our church, and, and I did, we did search scriptures and things, but, and, and, and songs and things yeah. like that. But I began to research just anything I could think of to find resources for parents of missionaries. And there was a lot for parenting for missionary parents, you know, how to parent and things like that. There was virtually nothing. There was one book. There is one book and it's a wonderful book, but there is basically just one resource for parents and missionaries. I Mm -hmm. went through all these different missions agencies, different support, trying to find some help, someone who had walked this road and could help us through this. So finally, after months, literally months of searching, Mm -hmm. I found very much by accident, a very little gathering. And that person said, don't forget, there's going to be a parents of missionaries retreat in January. And we still have a few more spots open. Oh. And I just, yeah, I was at was home Dallas, alone. Texas. Yeah, it was too, we had to go to <laughs> Dallas, Texas, but I, but I was home alone. I remember when Dan came home, I just about jumped on him and just like, Oh my gosh, I, got, I found out there's a retreat. There's a retreat for parents and missionaries. We've got to go. I've got to go. I've got to go. Please let me go. Because in my head, I was thinking this was several States away. It's halfway across the country. This is going to involve airfare. This is going to involve a hotel. This is going to involve meals. And I, I didn't know he's, he's very much the budget conscious husband. I thought, what's he going to say? And actually, what uh, did you uh, say? Yeah. First thing I said was, can I go too? <laughs> and so we did. We found this place. It was a very small gathering. It wasn't very big, 
But I'm telling you, Scott, God did a miracle in our hearts. There's no, there's no other way to say it. Hmm. It opened yeah. with the man. Well, I have to back up and say in the car before <laughs> we held hands and I said, God, please, we prayed, God, please let us find someone like us. And it was quick. It was just a quick prayer. Let, let there be somebody like us. And when we walked in, I immediately sat down and checked my phone, of course. And somebody, we heard this voice say, can I sit down? And it was a woman. And she was had brown hair like me. She was wearing the same color as me. She had little glasses on. This is why people should be watching on YouTube, not just listening, so they can see it and get That's the idea. That's right. right. But he, she said, can we sit here? I said, of course. And then the man said, do you have kids? Oh, yeah, we have three daughters. Oh, we have three daughters, too. And I said, great. Wow. Well, and the man said, so you're, is your daughter who's there? Yeah. Yes, it's our oldest. Oh, it's our oldest too. Well, it wouldn't be so bad, the man said, if we they hadn't taken our only two grandchildren and mm-hmm. they were the same ages and everything. It was just, it was just like God answered that prayer immediately. And it was so cool. And then the leader who was the, the man who was leading, the couple who was leading stood up and he said, welcome. I just want to welcome everyone. Welcome to where everybody in this room understands the ache. Right. right. And that's the first time we actually been with people that understood you know, walked what we walked and had been through it because even in church, you sit there in church and they flash the missionaries up on the screen and you see them, but until it's your own child. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. Yeah. We supported missions. <laughs> yeah. We supported missions. We supported We're missionaries. We went on things, but you know, when it's your child, that changes things yeah. and your grandchildren, you know, you just think this isn't the way it's supposed to be. You know, it's not, uh, you don't think about that. People so many times tell us now, well, you know, I never really thought about that yeah, and I yeah. never did either. So what did that reconciliation process then with your daughter and son-in-law look like once you had come to more of a realization, you had had more of that support from people that also felt the ache? How did you right. reconnect and get on the same page? It was immediately that weekend was just an incredibly intensive emotional weekend where God just melted so much of the the hurt and the fears and the anger and just really dealt with us and those people you know they you know they hugged us and prayed with us and introduced us to scriptures and we realized that we weren't just grieving the loss of our sweet family members we were grieving really the loss of our identities and who how we thought our lives were supposed to look and the anger that we felt particularly at our son-in-law honestly That was misdirected, too, because it came down to we had to admit that we had some anger with God. Mm. Why our child, you know? And so um, that reconciliation happened at the end of that weekend. You know, our daughter kept texting us, how's it going? Got to talk to you. Call us. Call us when you can talk. We can't wait to hear about it. You know, and, and I was ignoring it. And Dan finally said, Amy, you, you've got to call her. And so I picked up the phone and called. And I said, I need to tell you, honey, that. This weekend has been amazing, but I can't, I can't tell you all about it right now. It's just Mm -hmm. too raw. And I said, but the one thing I do have to make sure you know is how sorry I am that we didn't support you. I mean, we had never not supported. We'd never said, don't go. We had never said we're against this, but we had not supported. And I said her name and I said, what if you, you know, the honest truth is I wish that you were here. I still want you here. Mm -hmm. I want all of you here, but if you believe that God has called you to be there and this is where you're supposed to be, then we are not going to do anything to make Mm -hmm. that difficult for you. And it just, you know, we wept and we cried and it was just a real sweet, tender moment. And, you know, we've had conversations since then that with more of that, but at that moment, 
we actually found out that was a month before COVID. That was actually January of 2020 mm-hmm. when that happened. And she said, are you sitting down because I need to tell you something? And I thought, oh, wow, this is where it's going to get real. This is where it's going to be. You know, I, I was fully expecting her to say, she said, you know, we're supposed to come home this summer, right? And I said, right. And I was just stealing myself because it's yeah. like she's going to tell us that yeah. she's going to be there longer. She said, we've been talking to Abway and they've decided, Mom, they're going to bring us home next month. We're going to be home next <laughs> month. And I didn't you cry. I didn't react. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of, because in my mind instantly, I mm. saw like all those Sunday school images of Abraham about to sacrifice Isaac because yeah. instantly I heard, I knew that God was speaking to my heart saying, I just needed you to let go. You were mm. holding on so tight. And the minute mm. you could let go and say, there they are and they're yours. And I just felt like he rewarded that obedience and that willingness to just finally let go of that. Mm, right. And maybe he knew that I couldn't handle it because they came <laughs> home one week before they shut down everything. Yeah. It was just a week or two before. Well, and as far yeah, I mean, we were even in the hotel room there, we were thinking, you know, why did we have, why isn't anybody else doing this? Why do we have to come all the way to Texas for this little group of 12, 12 or 15, cup, 15 couples? Wow. Very small. That, that, yeah. Why isn't somebody, why isn't this you know, yeah. going on everywhere? And Dan said to me, he said, well, do you, what do you think we could do? I said, I don't know. I said, but I do things, you know, I'm not afraid of speaking in front of people and you're, you know, you're a professor week. And then we just kind of went to sleep and went back to life and didn't know how God, but we knew that there was something. We just had this burning desire to help other people walk past, walk over this bridge. You know, if you think about a great ravine in the cartoons or something, you know, you're, you can't get over here. You are, you're in a pit and you, you just can't get out or, you know, whatever illustration, but you know that you can help other people that they need that help. And there's just that, this can't be the only place this, you know, we, that's, there's such a need there. Yeah. So you shared a little bit about some of the less helpful advice you received from people who just were well-meaning, but just kind of ignorant of what you were dealing with. But looking back now, what were some of the things that were helpful and, and what kind of advice are you giving to people based on some of the things that were actually helpful? Cause I, as a pastor, you know, I've, I'm thinking about that as we have parents that are dealing with that. What is the, what are the kinds of things that I could say to them that actually would encourage them and not just add on to the discouragement. Yeah. I think it's okay to say, man, that stinks. Mm. That's gotta be hard. I think we, we tend to want to fix it and we tend to want to say the Sunday school answers or make somebody feel better quick. And so I think sometimes it's okay to just put your arms around somebody Mm. and just say, Right now, they need to hear that. That's Good one part in general. of it. I mean, yeah, yeah they're, I mean, they're, they're grieving. They need somebody to listen at yeah. the moment. They're not to yeah. solve the problem and give them the. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, you should yeah. be, you should be so proud at the moment when they first tell you. As a parent, you're. The best advice, honestly, <laughs> the best um, counsel we got though was from a speaker that was there in Texas. It was just um, one little short segment, but he used an illustration and talked about the different areas. You know, that this is like moving to a new house. It's like this new life that we didn't necessarily want to go to, <laughs> but we are in this new house now. And so you have this new home. And that you're visiting these other areas that are not so pleasant. You're visiting this area of sadness, like a swamp of sadness. You're visiting this desolate desert 
and that desert of loneliness. You're visiting sometimes the volcano that's anger, anger volcano. Mm -hmm. And you can visit all these places and fearful forest, a forest of fears. And you picture all these different landscapes and different places, and you're going to be there. You're going to visit sadness. You're going to visit, and it's not going to end, and it still doesn't end. There are still times we get sad, but we don't live there. We live in this new, this is our home. This is our new house, and we have a home. You're still going to be sad. You're still going to get angry, but. But we don't live there. And so there have been many times where we remind each other that, you know, we can can still feel sad, and we can still get mad at something that doesn't feel fair, but we don't live there, Mm -hmm. and we don't get stuck there anymore. And God has really just driven that home to us that we're, he is here and he is going to get us through these different areas that we visit, but our home is here and this is where we are. And God is there. Mm. Well, one of the more, I don't want to say concerning parts of your story, but it it is a little bit surprising that there isn't more for parents walking through this. And so bringing the story full circle, you probably never thought on that day that you found out that your children and grandchildren were going to go serve with ABWE overseas long-term because they've since gone back to, they they came back, they're back long-term. You probably never thought, Hey, I know, I think we'll sign up to work with ABWE (laughs) as well. So how did God open that door and what are you doing now? What is your ministry? How are you trying to help other people in your shoes? Yeah. I think when they first came back, they, they debriefed debriefed with member care and, told them the story on how we really struggled and we were grieving and how that affected them and how that affected them on the field. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so, so then, yeah, our, our daughter said, there's someone in member care who wants to talk to you and see what that was like, what, what it was like for your end. Because I told them what it was like for our end, from our perspective. And so I said, Oh, okay. So we had that conversation, and then that person asked if we would come out and visit, come to a 24-hour so, demo. Yeah, actually came to a 24-hour demo, and yeah. we're actually at the 24-hour demo, and they've got the breakout sessions for all the different areas, and we're like, and why are we Why are we here? Dan said, why are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> so we had that conversation, and we actually had several hours of conversations, and um, basically it ended up with them saying, how would you feel about helping us start a ministry to parents and missionaries? And you know, I was just grabbed the, grabbed the arms of the chair. I was like, yes. And of course I, before I said, yes, I was, had my mouth ready and looked over at Dan and Dan said, I'm not moving to Pennsylvania. (laughs) So it's um, okay. It's here. So that's kind of how it started. It's a beautiful state, but yeah, it is. We prefer ours though. (laughs) But yeah, it's, but it has been, so I did leave my career. I felt like it was at a good time to do so. I loved it for many, many years being a school librarian, but I felt like this this needed the time and attention of at least one of us full time to really dedicate to spending time and learning how to create a ministry that's going to be effective that will last. And we were advised to make sure that we do it correctly so that we don't it's not a flash in the pan right. kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's where we are. So if someone's with ABWE, or I'm just going to go out on a limb, even if they're not with Absolutely. ABWE, but they're hungering for this, Absolutely. what would be the best way to connect with you guys? We have a very easy email, parentsofmissionaries at obway.org. And so that is the best way. At abwe.org. Scott, I want to give you a chance to cut in as well before we wrap up with these two, because there's so much that we could get into, but we're really just scratching the surface because we want people to hear your story, but then what what they're going to need is more than just a podcast. What so many people in that season are going to need is the personal connection and the resources that you would provide. But Scott, do you want to hop in? 
No, I, I just, I really appreciate what you're doing. We've, we, you and I talked to my parents, I don't know, a couple of years ago, Alex and yeah, Bruce and Debbie, you remember their names. That's good. It's my mom, my mom's birthday coming up. So that's a good oh, time. Happy birthday, uh, Debbie. Yeah. We know you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she might be, I don't know, but just in talking to them and, and their experience was different than yours. I mean, they walk through mm-hmm. different things, but every single parent that is sending kids overseas or even sometimes to other States, you know, depending on yeah. your family yeah. makeup, you know, different families have different kind of risk tolerances and are used to different kind of things. But but uh, everyone's going through that loss and to be able to share that with people. I'm so thankful for what right. God's calling you to do, because I think Thank there's a you. huge need. And I think actually in my experience with mobilization, Alex can probably affirm this is like the number one thing that holds young people back from going into missions is parents who are not willing to let them go. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I talked to many, many young people who wanted to go into missions until they talked to mom and dad. That's right. right. There's also, we did find out too, that one of the top three reasons missionaries leave the field is because of family relationships, and which would wow. include obviously yeah. the parents. That makes sense. And just to follow up this other question, think of the guy we met at ME conference oh, who yeah. has been a missionary for twenty years, 20 years. with ABWE, mm-hmm. and and I mean he sat there at the table and and cried and said, you know, his parents said, still, his, his dad still can't talk about it in church when they ask him to yeah. speak, and he's like, man, I wish you were there twenty years ago. Mm. Wow. And just to follow up, when you said, what advice would you offer? You asked that while yeah, ago. Yeah. And I think to missionaries, you know, first of all, refer them to parents and missionaries. And they can write to us, uh, parents and missionaries at org. But to um, let them know the resources, we have monthly Zoom calls that we're doing with families. We are planning right now retreats that will start next year through in different places in the country. So mm, there won't be all just in one Dallas. place. Not, not just Dallas. Not just Dallas. <laughs> and so, um, so we're excited about those things that are happening. But to please remember this. This is so important. We met uh, us. We were meeting some very sweet people when they come for new missionary orientations. And there was a woman who said, you know, I live, our family lives in Iowa and their parents live in North Carolina. Her parents live in North Carolina. She said, I, we don't see each other that often anyway. So I just don't understand why my mom is so upset. And I just smiled and I hugged her and I said, mm. there's a couple of things. One, your mom knows she could get to you mm. if she needed to. Mm-hmm. And that, that changes when you go overseas. Yep. It's mm. not that yep. simple. I said, the other thing is, I said, are you sure God told you? Oh, yeah. Where are you going? And she named a place. And I said, and you feel like God really went, oh, yes. And I said, you know, that fire you're feeling in your belly and the excitement that you feel, that calling that you mm. know you're doing. Your parents don't have that. Yeah. And so give them some grace, give them some yeah. time. You know, we, we can't, it's okay to say, how are you feeling about this mom? Mm. How are you feeling about this dad? Tell me what you're worried about. It's mm. okay to That's have good. those converse, tough conversations. They may not be forthcoming immediately, yeah. you know, and, and we all, you brought up a good point because not everybody has the same situation. Not everybody goes kicking and screaming and crying. <laughs> not but, everyone but has believing you, parents either. That's right. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. True. But all of us go through a range of yeah. emotions and they're complicated by the fact that we're fumbling around in the dark, trying to find each other. Mm. We can't military people have support groups that can help other military and missionaries yeah. can network with other missionaries through their organization. But for the parents, they're like this forgotten kind of quiet, invisible group that you don't know or you can't find. And there's probably not more than one, often not more than one, maybe two or three in your church if you're mm. in a big church. But so finding each other is such a big deal. And it's important mm. that we make those connections and being able to connect palms yeah. to other palms. palms. 
P-O-M's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're going to make that acronym That's right. great, That's just right. like P-K-M-K, right. P-O-M's, we parents call of our, We call our group Palm Life that we meet on uh, our Zoom meetings, and then we have a Facebook group, Can too. I suggest Palm Palms? I, think I thought about that, but then I, there's a whole cheerleader group that I don't know that yeah. we would know yeah. it might be complicated. You got bigger than you wanted to get. It is maybe, a lot. Too, too much enthusiasm. Yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Well, thank you, Dan. Thank, thank you, Amy, you. Thank so, you so much for being here and sharing your story, really bearing all. And we encourage you as well. If, if you or someone you know needs this, parents of missionaries at abwe.org. Again, that's parents of missionaries at abwe.org to learn more about what ABWE does in terms of member care in general, care for the souls and the families of our missionaries. abwe.org slash member care will take you exactly where you need to be. Well, speaking of resources, the Missions Podcast is a ministry of ABWE as well. To get more content, go to missionspodcast.com. Please, before you go, share this with a friend, subscribe, rate, review, do all those wonderful things that help this appear in the feeds of other people that can be blessed by this type of content. And if the Lord would put on your heart to partner with us in this ministry, you can go to missionspodcast.com slash support. Well, until next week's show, thank you for watching or listening, however you join us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.